Well, good Monday morning. Welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Dustin Hobbs, Communications Director here at the California MBA. And uh, it's February, so we're continuing our, uh, our discussion and focus on commercial real estate finance issues and guests. And then we've got a great guest this morning, and we want to uh, get into conversation with him here in just a sec. Uh, but before we do that, let's thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. So if you're looking to close out more loans in 2021 and getting ready for the inevitable shift over to the purchase dominated market, then it behooves you to check out uh, Incelerate. And we've been talking about them for a while now, but I really want to encourage everyone listening here to check out and experience Incelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform that features the management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through an innovative use of multi-channel marketing, which includes text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and much more. And as we've talked about on the podcast here, and I think everyone, a lot of people who are listening to this know, uh, Josh Friend is the CEO and founder of uh, Incelerate, and we know him really well, and uh, he's a big supporter of the association and very active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with uh, uh, Incelerate, uh, connecting with Josh on LinkedIn is a great way to do that. And so if you want to schedule your personal demo today, either uh, connect with Josh on LinkedIn or visit uh, Incelerate.com today. So before we jump into the conversation, I want to toss it over to our CEO, Susan Malazzo, for this week's update. Susan? Thanks, Dustin. Hi, this is Susan with the California MBA. And this week, I'd like to talk with you about the fact that we have all of our 2021 conferences open and ready for business. Um, our first event will be our Mortgage Innovators Conference happening in a virtual environment, May 4th and 5th. Thank you to Incelerate, being our virtual conference sponsor for that event. And that's, of course, our signature event that um, highlights technology solutions for every aspect of the life cycle of loans. So uh, if you're a tech company or interested in technology solutions for your company, that's an event that you certainly don't want to miss. Uh, then late this summer, we will be in person for our Western Secondary Market Conference happening at the beautiful Waldorf Astoria Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point. Following that, in just a few weeks after, we'll be at our Western States Craft Conference uh, at the ARIA in Las Vegas. Uh, we're very much looking forward to, to both of those events and being back in person in 2021. You can visit our events page for sponsorship opportunities for any of those events, and we look forward to seeing you later this year. That's it for this week. Back to you, Dustin. All right. Thanks, Susan. All right, let's jump into the conversation. I'm excited to welcome in Peter Margolin. Peter is a commercial loan originator with Alliant Credit Union. Welcome, Peter. Well, thank you, Dustin. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with you and catch you a little up, you know, up to speed on what we're, our views of the market are and uh, you know where things are at in the state of the market in early 2021. Absolutely, absolutely. I see uh, yeah, that uh, we talked a little bit before the, we uh, started here. In uh, California here, it's starting to get a little uh, a little uh, cloudy in Sacramento today, but it's still it's still pretty warm. I look outside your window, and it's a little bit a little bit more chilly there there in Chicago. <laughs> yes, it most definitely is. It's I uh, got a foot and a half of snow in my backyard, and uh, and, and the whopping high today is somewhere around 10 to 12 degrees. So good to, good to be have a nice warm uh, office to be talking to you in. David, absolutely. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning, Larry. Let's uh, find out what's your. Tell us about your background for those who don't know you and how you got into business and and wound up at uh, Alliant. Sure. Uh, you know, by background, I've been actually originating loans for almost 20 years now. Uh, stints at LaSalle Bank, J.P. Morgan, uh, you know, Penny Mac. I did uh, some years at uh, 
uh, some uh, made shops that both uh, you know hunt and arbor, uh, and then you know slowly but surely made my way over to Alliant Credit Union for the last three and a half years, uh, and it's been a, a great experience so far. It's been a, a very good lender, and happy to be here. So did did you always know that you wanted to be? You know, it sounds like your your uh, background. You've always been sort of on that commercial real estate side. Is that where you know you had uh, um, envisioned your career? Did you were you always kind of pointed in that direction? You know, I, going back to even college, I, I was always interested in real estate and uh, ended up getting a master's degree from Wisconsin in their real estate program. Uh, and ever since then, I you know always had an interest, in, but I've sold property, I've managed property, I rented apartments in Chicago, uh, and kind of dabbled, but found the way to uh, to numbers and uh, have made a pretty good uh, career out of it so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's fast forward here to uh, the present. What's your your take on uh, the state of the market right now. I mean, it's certainly one of those uh, those times where there's, a, to say the least, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things up in the air with uh, you know, new administration now, we're still in the midst of the pandemic and, uh, and lockdowns in various states and, and localities, but uh, what's your take on where we're at now? Uh, you know, for us, we never stopped lending with the pandemic. Uh, and so for us, it's been a very active year. We ended up at uh, the end of the year having uh, almost 400 million in originations. And, you know, that was a real strong, if not our top year ever. Uh, as such, we've gotten a much bigger allocation this year. And I can tell you, you know, January for us has been probably one of the strongest Januaries ever. Uh, you know, for me personally, it's been a, a very, very busy, uh, you know, a busy month, almost month and a half of the of start to the year. Uh, you know, and we're seeing a lot of opportunity. There are a lot of folks in the market looking for new loans, whether it's been some acquisitions, which are still happening, uh, and a lot of refinances uh, that are out there right now as well. And so we're getting a, a lot of opportunities. I think the uh, borrowers out there, you know, need to have you know, uh, good expectations. It's not 2008 anymore, uh, but there's definitely a lot of very good opportunities with borrowers, uh, you know, with good expectations and the mortgage banking community that we work with. Uh, you know, bringing in solid opportunities. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, do you think that we're still, in a sense, I mean, obviously you guys have had a great year. That's, you know, fantastic news and always good to hear, you know, always good to hear good news. Um, but obviously the economy is still uh, a little sluggish right now. And uh, overall, from what we understand on the commercial side, I mean, there's, we've heard this month from a couple of different guests that, you know, it's with a positive outlook on the market, but there's still, you know, some sectors that are hurting right now. Do you think that we're waiting more on, you know, government action, whether it's the stimulus bill or, you know, reopening of some of these locations, or is it more just a market activity that we're waiting on for something to spur the economy in the sector? Uh, you know, I think it goes by property asset class by class. You know, I, you know I'm sure you've heard from a lot of other uh, interviews, you know, retail and hospitality, really tough right now. I mean, those are asset classes that we're just not touching. Uh, and I know we've, we've got some other questions down the line, but, uh, you know, those are really tough for us to do. Uh, but multifamily, you know, I would tell you most uh, of the deals that we're seeing, we ask about COVID-related issues. Uh, and in many cases, they're not having it. Or, you know, folks are using their PPP loans or uh, the stimulus checks to pay their rent. And so the delinquencies have been few and far between and or, uh, you know, these tenants have caught up on their back rent payments, uh, and though there's good solid cash flow in, you know, in the multifamily space. So then would you say then it's certainly imperative uh, for that to continue for, you know, the government to um, you know, close out the deal, if you will, on this their current stimulus bill that's being debated and get that, get those funds out to uh, borrowers so they can keep making their rent checks? 
I, I would definitely think that would help. I don't think that we are waiting on it per se, and I don't necessarily think a lot of borrowers are, are counting on it. Uh, you know, and frankly, the, the deals that we're seeing, they're not necessarily uh, counting on it. I think there's, you know, more in the retail space. And, you know, I've got some friends in the restaurant business that are really relying on those money to keep the doors open. Uh, when it comes to the asset classes that we're really looking at, you know, multifamily, manufactured housing, industrial and self-storage, uh, there's less of a need for it. Uh, but certainly they're, they're definitely you know, going to take them when they have the opportunity to do so. Uh, but they're not necessarily relying on that uh, for it. I mean, the bigger issue with that is the extension of the lack of evictions um, mm-hmm. and the ability to evict tenants. Uh, you know, most are, are working with their with their tenants to make sure that they don't have to evict them. I'm sure many of them are saying, you know, it's better to have an occupied building and an occupied unit than it is to have an empty building where they can't lease it out. Uh, and so they're working with their tenants to make sure that there's some cash flow coming in uh, as opposed to none uh, or waiting on it and, until time to evict. You know, there will definitely be a wave of evictions that come. I don't think that I think that's definitely inevitable, uh, but it's not necessarily uh, something we're waiting on in order to uh, continue making loans in the market. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Well, and you mentioned uh, multifamily. How much longer do you see that positive trend? I mean, obviously, it seems to be the darling of the industry right now. How long do you how much longer do you see that trend continuing? You know, people still need a roof, you know, roof over their heads, you know, and whether they're you know, what we've actually been seeing in a lot of transactions is you've got a lot of larger units, especially in new construction. You're seeing one, two and three bedrooms as opposed to studios. Uh, you're seeing a lot of you know, in the new construction deals. We are seeing um, larger common areas where people can be spread apart, uh, you know, within their spaces, whether it's a larger uh, exercise room, a larger laundry room, a larger common area or office space. Uh, you're definitely seeing more space in units and larger units coming to market right now to accommodate for people wanting more space in light of, of COVID. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a positive trend. When we see a lot of multifamily transactions, we are competing with the agencies on these deals. Uh, you know, and there's still a lot of activity in the space, uh, and we're seeing actually a lot of acquisitions in in the space. Interesting. So I, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, on specifically you mentioned uh, sort of a, the larger spaces. Is that a? I mean, obviously that's spurred on by uh, uh, the pandemic. Do you think that's a, a permanent change, or you know, if let's say everything went back to you know quote unquote normal here, you know, next month, would you know, would that sort of uh, those uh, um, those changes to the structures of these spaces, would, the, would that continue or would we go back to sort of a more traditional format? You know, I would think that it's going to continue. I think that a lot of folks are thinking that this is our new normal, uh, you know, and there will be a lot of folks that continue to work from home. I know from our personal experience, we will continue uh, on working from home over time uh, and have less of a need for office space and more of a need for, you know, remote space. Uh, you know, and so the, the larger spaces, I think, are here to stay. Yeah, interesting. So uh, let's uh, go from maybe uh, good news to not, not quite as good news uh, on, the, on the retail side. What does that sector look like uh, post-pandemic? Uh, you know, it, it, that's still up in the air. I mean, it, personally, I have been tracking a lot of the retail closures, uh, you know, for our team, and they're still coming. You know, I, I don't foresee there being... Um, you know, a, a lot of new retail coming to market, a lot of new stores opening up. There's so many people that are shopping online right now. Uh, what we're really tracking is what's the adaptive reuse of these spaces. Uh, we even saw a transaction here recently where they took a regional mall and it's now a medical office property. 
And so what are they doing with these spaces? Are they making them into creative offices? Uh, are they putting in medical? Um, you know, what's going into these spaces? You know, and that trend, I think, is going to continue for the time being. Um, you know, there are some retailers that are still doing very well. And so, you know, that's just a matter of, you know, perspective on is it a small retailer? Um, were they you know, part of a leverage buyout where it's just too much leverage for those companies to continue in operations? Uh, you know, those are all kind of things that we're watching in this market. Um, but for the time being, we're not even lending on retail. Um, too much on book right now. And it's just not an asset class that we are particularly excited about. Sure, sure. And what about, uh, let's switch gears here. What about uh, office space? Do you think that, uh, you know, these uh, large urban office spaces will continue to suffer as, as you point out, uh, as employees continue to work from home? Uh, you know, I, I still think that there will be a return to central business district, larger buildings. But again, I think there's going to need to be some adaptive reuse uh, as companies go to a hub and spoke model. Uh, I mean, the attorneys that we work with right now are going to that model. Uh, you know, it's just, it just easier for them to, you know, less of a commute. Uh, they, but they'll still have a space in the downtown area in order to, you know, have meetings, go to court, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely... Um, going to be uh, less of a uh, downfall like retail than there will be in the office space and people will still need uh, a central hub uh, while still allowing for folks to work uh, remotely as well. Do you think that'll change or do you think that'll be uh, a different story in some of the more suburban areas or is that you know just a, a sort of an, an urban and central business district uh, issue? I think the suburban areas you know we talk about this a lot but I think suburban areas will actually benefit from uh, you know, this hub and spoke model where you have people in remote offices uh, in different areas of metro area, of metropolitan areas uh, that need a space to go, don't want to work out of home or can't work out of home for whatever reason, uh, and still need an office space to go to. So, you know, there's definitely uh, a need for the space. You know, one specific category that we actually still really like is medical office, uh, you know, provided that it's near hospital or medical centers in general. Uh, there's still very good occupancy uh, in that space and, you know, very you know, good dynamics in that space that medical offices is an area that we are uh, still very interested in lending in. So I'm curious on that uh, uh, issue specifically with medical office uh, space and, and uh, um, you know, healthcare related industry spaces. Do you think that there's a potential for a, a sort of a, a bubble at some point? I mean, if all these you know new spaces open up for testing labs or something like that, at some point when the pandemic wanes, do we see a contraction there, or is that sort of a, a long-term trend? Uh, you know, I, I would say there's probably a contraction from the standpoint of who's using you know space for that, but I would also imagine a lot of that's occurring in warehouse space where they need a big open area to do testing, uh, where they can put in freezers and other you know, uh, storage areas where you're not necessarily using that within the office, but they're sending it out to a larger lab in a, you know, in a non-office location. Uh, but people will still need to visit their doctor uh, and people will still continue to need to get checked, whether it's for COVID or any other, uh, you know, medical needs. Sure, sure, absolutely. So uh, let's switch gears here again here. I'm curious, uh, you know, you've been in the industry for a while now. What tips would you say you have, what tips do you have for, you know, younger professionals who are recently entered the marketplace. This is something I'm, I'm really interested in in speaking with uh, folks who've been in the business longer. I mean, I just can't imagine coming into the business in the last couple of years and you know not really having that book of business built up. 
and then facing the pandemic and you know the inability to, to visit clients in person and stuff like that. So what tips would you have for a, a younger professional that's recently entered the market? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, in attending a lot of my CMBA events and things that I've been to in the past, uh, you know, there was a period of time where it was, you know, guys my age and there wasn't a lot of youth. Uh, and I would tell you, you know, for new people coming into this market is find a mentor, uh, you know, and ask a lot of questions. Um, find somebody who you trust that, you know, you know, can help you uh, in the space. Not everybody's going to turn into a loan originator. Some may end up in servicing. Some may end up in underwriting. Uh, but discover what you want in this business, especially in the finance side, because there are so many avenues. And find a mentor who can teach you uh, and show you the ropes and make introductions. Um, I, I would also say get involved with you know the CMBA and other or organizations so that you get exposure to not just you know an originator, but to an underwriter, to a servicer, et cetera. That, and find your path within this space uh, because it offers, there's a lot to offer. Uh, and you know, I've enjoyed it for 20 years uh, and I would love to you know, continue to uh, you know, mentor some of our individuals that we have within uh, Alliance and try and get them to figure out their path as well. Yeah, so did you have, I'm just curious, did you have a, a mentor or a couple of mentors uh, you know, growing up in the industry here that, uh, that gave you that perspective, or is it a matter of you, you know, wished you had mentors and now you're wanting to sort of uh, uh, start that, you know, tradition within your own company? Uh, you know, it's been a mix. I mean, I've, I've, I'm very inquisitive, so I, I just asked a lot of questions, uh, but I would, you know, to plug to Charles Crowds, who really runs our group right now, uh, in specific to uh, manufactured housing lending. Um, I learned the majority of that business from watching Charles and learning from him uh, and, you know, being taught the ropes on how to be uh, an effective lender in that space. Uh, and as such, we're, we're actually, you know, we have a niche in that space and in the RV space as well uh, in the parks, just from my knowledge that I gained from working with him. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So we've got time for just a couple more questions here. I'm curious, uh, sort of just as a, a uh, a random question here. What one thing would you say that as someone as a lender right now um, in sort of a, a unique space there with a credit union, what's one thing that lenders should know that maybe they don't know? Uh, you know, the credit unions are out here lending just like they are. Um, you know, we're a competitive force within the space. Uh, we are a creative lender, you know, a little self-fulfilling plug. You know, we're not a programmatic lender. Uh, and we were able to structure deals that help fit what a borrower needs, not just trying to fit a deal into a box. And so, you know, there are credit unions out there that are going to uh, be very competitive uh, and offer really good loan opportunities and options for borrowers out there. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, I mean, and you make a good case there. And I think that uh, it's important that uh, we've had on here in the last uh, last couple of weeks on the commercial side, we've had folks from uh, smaller lenders, mid-sized lenders, large, uh, large companies and, and uh, credit unions as well. We want to make sure we uh, you know, sort of, sort of uh, um, expose the entire um, the entire uh, sector of the industry right now, because you're right, it's not just one one sector that uh, that's out there. There's certainly multiple options uh, for uh, uh, for deals and for customers. So uh, closing out here, I'm uh, curious your thoughts on how crucial it is. I mean, we've certainly saw in this last year in 2020, um, the importance of advocacy work on both the residential and the commercial side. Um, there's you know, many, many challenges, both here at the state level and at the federal level. And so from your perspective, someone who's been in the industry for a while, and you kind of mentioned um, uh, getting involved with uh, the trade associations, how important is it to support those advocacy groups like the California MBA, the MBA, and the uh, credit union group? 
I, I think it's essential. I mean, you all perform, um, you know, uh, functions for us, whether it's hosting events, uh, being political advocates for the industry, et cetera, that we can't all do on our own. Uh, and you provide a forum for which we can communicate, meet, uh, learn, uh, and, you know, and continue to thrive in this business. So I think it is absolutely essential for, you know, the CMBA, the MBA, uh, CUNA, and other organizations to continue to not only exist, but to, uh, you know, support us uh, as well as we support you. Uh, and, you know, going back to that mentor question and the, the youth, get involved. It, it is essential for everybody to get involved with these organizations, uh, you know, become a member, learn, be involved, attend events, uh, you know, and as far as that goes, you'll meet a lot of people. You know, for the mentoring and being the youth in the industry, you're going to meet people through these events and through these organizations, uh, and it's absolutely essential. Yeah. Well, and to your point about uh, meeting people, uh, we're certainly looking forward to uh, this year. We're planning at this point on our uh, Western States CREP conference, which, Peter, I know you've been to before, uh, going back to an in-person model this year. And uh, so uh, September 8th through the 10th, our commercial real estate finance conference, the Western States CREP, uh, will be at the ARIA in uh, Las Vegas. So. Let's all uh, keep our fingers crossed that uh, the vaccination protocols go well this summer and we're in uh, the uh, state and uh, local um, restrictions are lifted and, and uh, um, capacity limits are raised for some of these uh, locations. So we're able to have these events in person because you're right. So much of the, um, the uh, building and networking on the commercial side is in person and it's very hard to sort of replicate that in person experience. I, I would imagine you'd agree. Yeah, as long as they allow us to travel, I will 100% be there. Um, you know, one of the things that I've always found, frankly, about your conference that's been such a benefit is that with the timing of it, you know, the messaging at, at your event is, you know, what can we do to finish out the year strong? And what can we do together to figure, you know, to finish out the year strong? Uh, I've always found that to be one of the best events of the year uh, and looking forward to being back there again this year. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be able to see you in person. And I'll, we'll uh, be able to you know, shake hands there and... Uh and reminisce on a couple of crazy years here. So Peter, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it and best of luck there to uh, you guys at Alliant and uh, hopefully again, hopefully to see you in person later this year. I look forward to it and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, get on this call with you. Thank you. You got it, you got it. So, and if you enjoyed the conversation here, make sure and subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel here. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back again uh, next Monday for our final uh, commercial real estate finance focused uh, podcast of this month. We're going to have a, a little mini panel. So uh, make sure and uh, tune in for that episode. It should be an informative one. We've got a couple of great guests lined up. So we'll see you then. Oh.